But one thing that I did that got my daughter's attention is uh, I took a Harvard Business School executive course, and I was like the student asking questions after class. Nice. And Professor Linda Applegate one time was like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Mustafa Koyd. I started a milk company in Dubai. And she's like, how did you do that? You know, and and, and who do you compete against? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I compete against a $16 billion company on the dairy side and a $40 billion company on the plant side. And she's like, could we write a case study about you? So Harvard Business School, we were like, of course. So they sent case, stu- case study writers over. They interviewed all my staff, all of our social media folks, my customers in Saudi and the mm-hmm. UAE. And now they they teach a Coito Mill case study in Boston every year. That's insane. And my daughter, Amazing. Serena, who is in Connecticut, came to the class when I was the guest speaker. And oh, I think that's nice. the only time I got a compliment from my second I was like, yes. You know, I like, mean, Gen Zs, they're always difficult. They're, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're a hard, hard uh, thing, to, a hard group to please. Yes. All right. Welcome back to our podcast. This is Tell Me Why. I'm Maria Botros. And today we're going to be talking to a local-based um, uh, brand owner, um, it's a milk brand. It's called Koida Milk. And with me in the studio is Mustafa Koida, who's the CEO and founder of Koida Milk. And he's going to be talking to us as part of our mini series that we recently launched, which is Get to Know the CEO. So today we're going to get to know this CEO. <laughs> we're going to get to know Mustafa. Let's How are you? Yeah. Who am I? Uh, well, my name is Mustafa Koida. I think first and foremost, I'm a father of three very naughty kids, uh, Serena, <laughs> Danielle, and Sophia. If you can't tell from the accent, I'm from Chicago. Mm. So I, I came here as an expat American about 17 years ago. Okay. Um, was a professional. Uh, used to be in the defense business, working at Boeing. Uh, I think I went through a midlife crisis. <laughs> like all entrepreneurs. <laughs> Don't we all? Like- <laughs> I, I think I'm still going through a couple right now. Mm. And um, about a decade ago, figured out sort of based on what my why was, uh, started Koida Milk. And okay. it started in Dubai it's just one employee mm. um, with one product, uh, and we were just in one country. Um, and I used to have hair back then. Oh, uh, my goodness. If you can't, if people aren't seeing the video. I'm kind of bald right now. Yeah. And now we're, um, you know, we've got about 30 employees, about 19 different products, and we're in 10 countries. Amazing. So we've, we've come a long way. And I've lost all of my hair. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What is it with the hair? Like, my <laughs> husband is bald as well. And whenever he introduces me, he's like, this is my wife. She knew me when I had hair, but then I lost it when we got married. So what is it? What is it with hair well, and men? maybe he's <laughs> on to something, you know. Yeah. But nowadays yeah. there's a lot of bald people, so it works. I think know? it was a coincidence, but yeah. anyway. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So can you tell us, uh, and ev- like me and everyone that just wants to get to know your brand a bit more, tell us what do you offer and what kind of products yeah. do you offer? I know you do like 101. Yeah, yeah, like so dairy the- and non-dairy, that kind of thing. Absolutely. So in a nutshell, we have premium Long life milk, okay. uh, and we have three categories. We started out with organic dairy, mm-hmm. which is hormone free, pesticide free, and, and whatnot. Mainly focus on kids and families and stuff like that. Right. The second range that we have is lactose free dairy. So there's a huge population that's lactose intolerant; they feel bloated, mm-hmm. and so we have a lactose free line. And the third line, which people are very familiar with now, is the plant based. Of course, yeah. That's quite on trend. It's like the almonds and the oat milk. So. Those are the three ranges that are available in a lot of the UAE outlets online mm-hmm. and uh, also around the GCC. Okay. And how did you come up with the concept? Like, what inspired you? 
Um, there was a lot of things. I mean, depending on how deep you want to get. Uh, yeah, let's it, get deep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I could start with the, the first level. But, you know, as a parent, when I came to Dubai, I would go back to the U.S. every summer and I'd be shopping at like Whole Foods and Sprouts. And yeah. my son, Danielle, was lactose intolerant. Mm. And we didn't have a lot of options here. My daughter... Um, wanted organic milk. We didn't have a lot of options here. So every summer we pack our bags in the States full of like these long life milks, mm. bring them back to Dubai and the bag would be like out of stock in like 15 days. Oh, of course. And so I think one of the things is I just saw an opportunity and I just took something that was working um, and growing in other parts of the world and mm-hmm. I replicated here and I wasn't the only parent that felt that way. Of course. And so that, that that sort of led me to the commercial opportunity and then we started investigating and talking to moms and mm-hmm. you know, we built the company off of that premise. Mm-hmm. And then on a deeper level? On a deeper level, I think, you know, the question would be why did you become an entrepreneur or mm-hmm. why did you get to where you are today? And I think that um, ironically, a lot of people don't talk about it, but I feel like there are three components to it. I think one is that your childhood has a lot to do with it, your childhood mm-hmm. engineering. So when I was a kid, I was an Indian, okay. uh, first-generation Indian. My father is like, you know, straight A's, you're going to get like to be a doctor or yeah. an engineer, and, and this is your path, and you're going to get married right afterwards. And when I was around 13 years old, my, my mother passed away, okay. and uh, it, it, it sucked. You know, it was mm. like a really traumatic experience for me, and the first generation Indian kid who was getting straight A's after my mom passed away. I was 13. And um, the reason it really affected me is I saw it. She, she died in front of me. And, and, that, and that messed me up. And so my straight A's went to like D's and F's in high school, right? And so after that, you know, I like barely got into college. Like I got in on a probation program to Northern Illinois University. And like if I didn't get B's or A's in the first semester of NIU, I would get kicked out of school, right? Okay. So your question, you know, what did that have to do with this, right, where I am today? And what, what it had to do with is that when I got to college, something happened to me. Like, mm. you know, I had two years of, like, bad grades at school, hanging out with the wrong people and all that kind of stuff. But I think my father, my Indian father, was talking to one of his friends, Indian friends. And he's like, hey, you know, what's your son doing? You know, what's my son doing? And the other father was like, and I heard this at a party. He said, yeah, my son's at MIT, and, you know, he's going to get a, a, a internship at Anderson Consulting and mm. they're like what is your son doing and then my father was like my son's going to this state school and I'm not sure you know kind of thing Yeah. and I think something happened in me where I I just felt like sad and ashamed a little bit you know and I think that was the first fire or log on my fire that was like you know what I want to I want my dad to be proud of me I want him to have like something nice to say to his friends and um it just got me like so amped up and I started mm. like getting good grades. I got straight A's. I was really active in student government and I and like I was taking more risks and I was working really hard. And I think that was the first log on my fire. And then after college, you know, the next the next layer, it was then, you know, I go to that party and, and my dad would talk to his friends and they'd be like, Oh, so what's your son doing? And he'd be like, Yeah, I got a job he got a job at McKinsey and they're like, What is your son doing? And he was like, yeah, he's a sales guy at a startup, you know, and mm. or, or at a software company. And so what I started doing is I was like, look, I guess the whole thing is I felt like I had to catch up. Mm-hmm. You know, I kept wanting to have my father have a, a, a good conversation that he could brag about. So I was like, you know what? What am I going to do? I said, I can't get a job at McKinsey or BCG. They won't hire someone like me from a state school. 
So I got sales jobs and I got startup jobs where there was a lot of risk. The base salary is really low. But in sales, you got to hustle to make a lot of money, but you have the chance of right. making a lot of money. So I became like the best salesperson ever because I had that second log on my fire. I wanted to like catch up to mm-hmm. like making six-figure jobs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I remember like four or five years into after I graduated, I joined a company and I was like the highest paid employee in the company. I was making more than wow. the CEO because in, in the States, they give you a commission and they pay yeah, you. Yeah, the commission, you know I mean? of course, yeah. And that, that kind of got me going. And so I think to answer your question, some of my childhood trauma and my insecurities was probably the deepest layer that has given me the drive and persistence to want to like do it. First of all, thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. That that really matters. And I think what's important is that we have a lot of entrepreneurs and and people who are just starting their businesses who are listening to these podcasts and listening to this yeah. this series about getting to know certain CEOs and when they hear these stories, they feel like they're not alone. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no and problem. um and honestly about starting a business and how difficult it is, of course. I mean, there's there's so much going into it and it's sort of like a, as you mentioned, a one-man show. When you first yeah. start, you're doing everything. You're the accountant. You're the market marketeer. You're <laughs> doing literally everything. I agree. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, I applaud you for that um, and Thanks. how far you've gotten. And I'm more than sure that your dad is <laughs> really proud. He's a hard man to please and, still today, but, but I mean, I'm proud, sure yeah. he's seen yeah. the long way you've come, and and he's seen how much you've how much effort and 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 hard work you've put into yeah. building this future for yourself. Yeah. And to be fair, you were just a child. I mean, it was yeah. it was something difficult that you had to deal with all on your own. So, um, and thank you for sharing that. Yeah, sure. um, so. Just going into the business and and sure. digging deeper into that, um, what are some of the challenges you faced along the way? So especially with with a brand that is um, that has to do with like yeah, I think I think some of the challenges that we had is you know you can never compete with the budgets of the big companies. I, I jumped right. into the milk business, right? I was just going to say it's yeah, full of very well established, some really good companies out mm-hmm. there, right? And so when we started, I think. One of the challenges was and how we overcame it is like, how do you launch a product? Right? right. And I think when you launch a product, it's not about your marketing budget. It's not about how much how many salespeople you can hire. It's mm-hmm. about listening to consumers and finding a product that they want to buy. That's the first. If you have a good product, it'll sell itself. Right. So the one challenge was we didn't have a lot of money, but we spent all of our money listening like and listening it's not just focus groups. It's like keeping an open mind, you know. So as a parent, when we came up with our product uh, specs and designs, uh, a lot of people don't know this, but we didn't have the money to hire research companies. But we got right. like 100 moms together over 10 coffee mornings, and we just asked them questions. And we're like, look, what do you want? You know, what's missing in the market? And what who better than moms? They're yeah. the ones that are preparing meals and you know, the like customer, everything. Right? Yeah, so exactly. Just ask your customer before you're going to start a business or right. your target customer what they want. And so we learned a lot. So we... I would go to like, you know, Pret to Go or Costa Coffee. I'd buy like yeah. 10 cappuccinos. My friends of friends, you know, the mother of my children was great. Mario would invite her friends and we would just get people together. And I'd be like, well, what are you looking for? And we learned things like, for example, at the time there was only one product of organic milk in the entire region. Okay. Right? And they're like, look, I want high fat content. I want whole fat because the kid is growing. They said, I want vitamin D because there was a vitamin D deficiency. Right. I like paper packaging. Mm. Um 
I don't want fresh because it spoils quick quickly, but if it's shelf stable, isn't that like the cheap milk or, you know, I want to be able to stock it up in my pantry. Mm -hmm. So we learned a lot. And then when we went out, I traveled all over the world and I realized that through my, I blew through all my frequent flyer miles. I realized that the quality (laughs) of the milk depends on what do the cows eat, how do the cows feel, and how you pasteurize the milk. And then we took the learning. So, so for example, coita milk, the one liter whole fat and one liter low fat were the two first SKUs we, we put out there. It had vitamin D. It was in Tetra Pak, recyclable friendly packaging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it had high fat content, right? Uh, we had a no straws policy eight right. years ago, which was good for the environment. We we're the first in the region. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing because, like, we just listened. It seems like common sense. Productize it. And then when it hit the shelf, we just sold out for three months straight. Like, it just worked. Wow. And the moms that we were talking to felt like they were part of the journey. So they'd be like, hey, Lucy. Like, you know, I remember Lucy Bruce was one of the first moms that got involved. She owns Homegrown. <laughs> okay. And she's like, oh, my God, it's here. You know, so all these people that were involved, mm-hmm. it, like, helped. You know, yeah. and they, they, they became part of a community. It was a real grassroots movement. And it's so important to feel like you're heard. It's so important when you're a decision maker in a house to feel like, okay, someone's actually listening to your needs and yeah. delivering. So um, we I, still do it today. You still do focus groups. Ten years like, later, amazing. we do no. We do coffee mornings with moms. Okay, coffee. So that's, we don't. You know, we don't, have, nice. we don't have the big budgets, but <laughs> yeah. but we we it just grassroots, and I'm there, and I listen to them, and I learn nice so much. You know, and they tell me things that they don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's oh, the course. best criticism because you I mean, learn. It's feedback. Yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. it's uh, constructive yeah. in a way. Okay, so this might seem like a simple question, but I feel like a lot of people would have this question. I remember asking my friends preparing for this um, little chit-chat, um, I told them, do you know what the difference is between organic milk and regular milk? Yeah. And they had no idea. They <laughs> well, had no, I don't even know. <laughs> you got the right person in the studio to answer Please, that. yes. So, so the biggest differences um, from a health perspective are that organic milk is, um, you know, the, the, the cows eat organic food. Okay. Right, that's one thing. So the cows are eating organic food. The second thing is it's antibiotic or hormone-free, antibiotic-free, and pesticide-free. Okay. And what happens is two things, really, is that the milk is a cleaner milk, and it also tastes cleaner mm-hmm. as well. And those are the main big health differences. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, if you drink milk that is clean like that, you know, what you ingest affects your body and your health. And so, you know, people don't want to – people want clean foods. They don't want to have toxins in their body. There's numbers of, of mm-hmm. you know, food nowadays that has toxins in it. And so they just want to eat clean, and that gives you a healthier lifestyle. Amazing. Okay. So um, we spoke about what you have existing on the shelves. Yeah. Do you plan on adding more products? You know, one thing that I've learned uh, as an entrepreneur is focus is very important. Mm-hmm. And we built out – quite a robust skew range right now. I've got a board of directors for the first time ever. Wow. So I've got people that tell me where to stick it and they're not shy. Like my (laughs) board is hardcore. (laughs) I got really two awesome board members. And last December, they were like, focus on doing more with what's working. Right. Right. And so we were in the, I was kind of, it's it's hard to say no, Mm -hmm. you know, personally and professionally. And so we started saying no more, and we started focusing on fewer products. So to answer your question, I don't plan on launching a lot of products, probably a few variants, like maybe another flavor or okay. a more barista style. But we're not in, we're not at the stage right now where we want to expand too much. I always believe that you should grow both your product set 
and your sales channels in baby steps. Mm-hmm. And it's not go big or go home. You got to take okay. little baby experimental steps, test and learn, a lot of test and learns, and then and then grow. So okay. that's my longer answer for your short question. Okay. No, no, but that's that's good enough. I mean, if it's not a product, like if it's not a new product, are you thinking about like certain collabs with like different brands? Absolutely. Like, you know, we've been approached by a lot of cereal brands because milk and cereal. Yes. A lot of coffee brands because people mix it with their coffee. Of course. A lot of family, like kind of like, you know, younger child type products. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we love collabs. They're really good. They help both both brands, you know, but exactly. you got to, the collabs have to be, have to work and fit well. You know? Right. You don't do a, a collab for the sake of a collab. So I think we've learned that some collabs work and some don't, but you should always try. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is kind of like a personal question. What do your kids think about all of this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're the hard, they're the so, hardest to please. So, Biggest it's critics. hard to get a so Serena, who's seventeen. It's hard to get a compliment out of my seventeen-year-old. Okay. The one time I think so, my kids were really proud of it because they were. I had all three at ASD for a while. Okay. And we was we would do a lot of collabs with them, and they would see it as they got older. They were a little too cool for school. Mm. But one thing that I did that got my daughter's attention is. Uh, I took a Harvard Business School executive course, and I was like the student asking questions after class. Nice. And Professor Linda Applegate one time was like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Mustafa Khoid. I started a milk company in Dubai. And she's like, how did you do that? You know, and 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 who do you compete against? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I compete against a $16 billion company on the dairy side and a $40 billion company on the plant side. And she's like, could we write a case study about you? So Harvard Business School, we were like, of course. So they sent case st- case study writers over. They interviewed all my staff, all of our social media folks, my customers in Saudi and the mm-hmm. UAE. And now they they teach a Coita Mill case study in Boston every year. That's insane. And my daughter, Amazing. Serena, who is in Connecticut, came to the class when I was the guest speaker. And oh, I think that's nice. the only time I got a compliment from my second team. I was like, yes. You know, I like, mean, Gen Zs, they're always difficult. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a hard hard uh, thing, to, a hard group to please. Yes. So I think there have been ups and downs. I think they, they've grown up around – their mom also is in the food business. So they've grown up around branded right. companies. Yeah. So – I think they think it's okay, but okay. I think they will roll their eyes to you. Of but I course. think inside they're kind of proud. I mean, yeah, inside they feel like, wow, it's so cool. My dad has a milk brand. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, yeah. everyone's talking about it. Okay, I know that you're in a rush and I know that your your time is super no, valuable. Um, but I wanted to know what's next with you, like just in general. Look, I mean, we're, we're looking to scale up the company now. Okay. You know, we've done a really good job here in the UAE. We've built a a really good foundation in a few countries, you know, mainly. And I think I want to scale it up, you know, now. And because there's a lot of potential for our brand. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, our corporate culture, listening to consumers, you know, for me, my why is that right now, the big pain is that families have problems trying to figure out their milk. One kid's lactose intolerant. The mom wants almond milk. The husband right. has a milk or gluten-free allergy. Someone needs has no sugar issues. Like, it's so confusing. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to help families eat healthier, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I want them to be able to find their perfect milk. And my personality is, like, easy, simple, premium, you know, straight to the point. Mm-hmm. Like, no bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. And I want moms out there to be able to go to the milk aisle and just – be like, I'm just going to get the coita, and there'll be a coita for everyone. Right. And that's kind of the vision. And, and now I'm, I'm really excited. I want to scale that up and, and, and enable a lot of families to f- find the perfect milk. 
you know, beyond where we are right now. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you're, you're actually in several countries. Can you name a few? Yeah. So UAE, mm-hmm. uh, we're obviously in Saudi, Kuwait, okay. nice. Jordan. Um, in Asia, we're in Vietnam and Singapore. Oh, amazing. Um, you know, so so we're in some, you know, smaller countries like Mauritius, but the core focus, the real focus right now is is this region. Is you know, the it's UAE really is really like the GCC in the MENA region. Okay. And I think we've learned that we need to focus on where we where we operate more. Okay. Okay. Um lastly, what's your advice for people who are starting up? Ooh. Um I mean based on personal experience. I would say, look, starting a company is not for the faint-hearted. You know, I mean, people watch a couple episodes of Shark Tank. They <laughs> yeah. start something, they get that PR, and yeah. you know, it's like, oh my God, I'm gonna hit. You know, you gotta be ready for the tough, tough moments. I mean, you are. There's peer pressure, and there's failures. There's gonna be failures throughout your journey. But I can tell you that it's changed me as a person. Mm. Right? It's humbled me. I have no ego whatsoever. Plus, I have a couple daughters, you know. So <laughs> and, yeah. and, 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 and I think you have to look at failures as part of the process right. of learning. And failures and tough situations are your best learnings. So it, it, I, you got to be ready for a real tough stretch. Mm-hmm. And you got to be able to approach failure as a learning. And I think that would be my kind of advice for now. Okay. But then, okay, sorry, there's like a follow-up to that. Um, But then when do you know that that failure isn't necessarily the end of the road? It's just like a fall that you can easily get back up That's a great question. Look, I don't think there's a specific one-size-fits-all answer for that. You know, as an entrepreneur, you know, you know yourself and you know your business and you hopefully know your customer better than – Anyone from the outside, including me. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's where that's a very good question is that it's not about do I shut it down or not, but you can pivot. Right? Mm-hmm. So you have to use your own common sense. And I think the other thing I would advise is go with your gut. I think right. a lot of time when I started out, I was going with like, you know, just because someone had a lot of money, I would take advice from them or because they had a big title. You want to you want to ask people that are in your industry that are maybe one or two years ahead of you that are going through the same struggles that you have. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, you only will know and how you. I wouldn't say shut it down or not, but how you pivot. Yeah. You know? Maybe you got to just shift the focus. Yeah, my my business plan changed a hundred times while we were growing. You know, we and we did a lot of testing and learning and. We had little. We had little tests and learns, so the failures were little before we bet hard and invested our limited cash on one thing or another. You know, amazing, Mustafa. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us today. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you. Yeah, and we'd love to have you back. So always feel free to like, you know, hit us up at any point. I'll and swing tell by us, like, DIP whenever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, because it's just on your way. So <laughs> no, it was <laughs> really a pleasure. So and thanks for thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much.